What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Robin Griff. I'm Griffin Tedek, joined by my co-host Rob Goldberger. And what a day it was today in sports. We are filming Sunday night for a change. I think this is the first time, maybe in Outside the Arena history, that this has happened. But uh, we had the World Cup final today, which we we're going to talk about very brief in a second here. Maybe the best soccer game of all time. I mean, uh, there's a real good argument for it, potentially. We've got some MLB free agent signings, and then we have a full day of NFL football, which we just saw one of the most, most idiotic, crazy endings in that New England-Vegas Raiders game. We'll break that down in a little bit. But we are going to start off with what was just an incredible match. Argentina wins the World Cup. Lionel Messi, you know, cements himself as the greatest of all time, uh, you know, now that he's won a World Cup. That debate seems to be pretty set in stone. You know, this one went to penalties. I'm sure everyone watching knows the result, but uh, Argentina wins 4-2 in penalties. It was 3-3 in regulation and uh, overtime. Mbappe with the hat trick, Messi two goals. I mean, this game was pure insanity. Obviously, you know, it seemed like Argentina was really in the cruising seat. And then in that 80th minute, Mbappe strikes twice. Um, I mean, your thoughts on this game, Rob, obviously you're a bit more of a soccer fan than I am. Just an absolutely insane match. So. Yeah, like one of the best, like, I like, as I was saying, you know, it's been the meme sort of like, if you're an American soccer fan and you're expecting like every soccer match that you're going to watch to be like that in the future, that just like, that's not going to be the case, obviously, but it was a great game. And like, obviously like I'm of the opinion that Messi didn't really need to win this world cup to prove himself as the goat, you know, but like. I'm glad that, like you said, those discussions are finally going to be put to rest. But, like, the guy just, like, like Argentina's quality. They have really quality players, especially their back line. Like, they really do. But, like, they're nowhere near, like, France or some of the other top dogs in this tournament. Like, Messi really put Argentina on his back all the way through. And, obviously, Di Maria had a master class of a performance day with his goal and, obviously, winning the penalty. And when he was taken off, sort of, it seemed like the whole momentum shifted towards France's side. But, like you said, Mbappe and Messi, the two best players in the world, and Mbappe is sort of cementing himself as, you know, this new-age goat. And and he was the best. I'm a huge Messi fan, but to me, he was the best player on the pitch today. I mean, that he was unreal today, especially that second goal. And, look, you're just not going to get a better game than that. You're not going to find better, better storylines than that. Obviously, the French team, if they're at full strength, you know, they had five-plus guys missing due to injury. But, look, it, 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 you know, they've had that the whole tournament. They're a dominant national team. But, look, Messi, like you said, it's the perfect story. It's the perfect ending. And really to, like, a great World Cup, obviously, Argentina blew two nothing, two two nothing leads in the latter stages of the knockout rounds, got through both times on penalties. But I was just thinking to myself, man, the mental fortitude of those guys taking penalties is just unbelievable. But, yeah, I mean, Argentina – one of the best teams in the whole tournament. My, I, I, you know, I sort of thought that the Argentina, France, and Brazil would be the the heavy favorites. Obviously, Brazil choked a little early, but Argentina and France really showed up. And what a show, man! I mean, Mbappe and Messi. Like Mbappe has nothing to hang his head over. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's crazy when you think about the fact that Mbappe and Messi are teammates at PSG. Like that's just like with yeah. Neymar. Yeah, it's like how is that even like possible? But yeah, like you said, like Argentina, like. He just this whole tournament was just on a different level and he did score a lot of penalties which is like you know sometimes that's how it works for the teams that win like you just get penalties and yeah. you have the best one of the best players in the world who doesn't miss a penalty you know you're gonna you're gonna be able to have success obviously going up against Mbappe this French team is ridiculous the fact that they are doing all this without you know they don't have Benzema playing for them who's like the Ballon d'Or Paul Pogba I think was hurt too and then Griezmann too I mean it's ridiculous how good this this French team is. Obviously, you know, back in the final two years in a row, just missing, you know, the victory here. Tough pill to swallow. I mean, in what in penalties though? I mean, they just got completely owned. I mean, you had one guy missing the net. I, I don't even know how that can happen in that case. You can't be. I mean, I don't even know. But um, oh, what yeah. a game! I mean, as a guy who doesn't watch soccer too much and has watched some World Cup, like. This is a game where you're just like you appreciate the sport. Yeah, for, you know what you you're know, watching. The best you know the it can mag- be. No, yeah, yeah. You, you know what the magnitude of what you're watching is, and like how special it. Is. Like, like it, it, the way that they connect with their fans after the game. It's like so. It really is so yeah. different than anything you'll see in like American sports. And obviously, like you know, I love. We all we love the NFL. We love Major League Baseball. We love all 
all sport Americans first, but sometimes like there's just this a, like a very special moment. There's like a very just special connection with these fans. And like I said, like Lionel Messi is just he's the greatest of all time. He's inco- there's incomparable. Like, like listen, no disrespect to Cristiano Ronaldo, he's obviously one of the goats. But like the greatest compliment he ever got was being compared to Lionel Messi. Like this guy is just he's a, he's just a different level. There's nothing nothing more to say. And it's like he's he's so like obviously I'm sure the guy you know is 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 obviously less reserved and private and you know he I'm sure he loves like a king but he seems to like not very be like egotistical or narcissistic for like the amount of i mean he's treated like a god at the end of the day i mean they yeah. you see people bowing down to him in the middle of a game like it's unreal but like this guy is just i'm glad he got his crowning achievement that he didn't need it but like i'm just glad that everybody will finally sort of come to agree that this guy is the greatest of all time yeah i don't think you could put it better than that obviously a very fun tournament um, a lot of really high intensity games. Obviously, this one uh, will go down as one of the greatest games potentially in soccer history. I mean, I'm a very big casual, but I mean, I would imagine just the magnitude, the uh, the matchups of you know having Messi versus Mbappe and how crazy this game was going to penalties. Um, Mbappe, you know, it's gotta Mbappe, be out there. Mbappe turning 24 in two days is just in, like it's just that would. Yeah, been I mean, I think it's like I think he has like what one less goal than Messi all time in World Cup games or something like that already. Amount actually, maybe no, no, maybe one less. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think because it was out. two and one, and then they both each. Yeah, he'll one break more. it. He's gonna break the record at age twenty-seven, which is just like one of the most absurd, absurd stats you'll ever hear in your life. Breaking the World Cup goal record in, in yeah. three cups. And he's probably got at least three more World Cups to to yeah. go. Oh, I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Because, yeah, the third one would be, you know, around age 35 or so. So, yeah. pretty crazy stuff. Obviously, next World Cup, <laughs> you know, thinking that far in the future is crazy that I'll be graduated from college. But, uh, you know, it'll be in the Americas, in North America. So, uh, going to be very fun. That will be absolutely insane, the amount of, uh, you know, foreign fans that are going to be coming to the America. It's just crazy to kind of already think about, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. how how – that's going to look, which is going to be awesome. But uh, moving on from the World Cup, we're going to talk real quick. You know, MLB free agency at this point, Rob, like everyone's gone. I mean, it's like it's, it's, town. it's pretty Gene, crazy. Gene Segura is the know. best position player left on the market at this point, dude. Yeah, like, it, <laughs> you know, people talk about MLB free agency, you know, in years past, like it has been so slow. But for whatever reason this year, I mean, it's December 18th and the market's basically gone, which I think is good for the sport. Like when free agency's fun and interesting and a lot's happening, it's always good. And and that's how it's been these last. I mean, since the winter meetings, you've had like a well-known player, a good player signing every day, it feels like. But uh, really the big three that was left, they all signed. Carlos Correa will start out with 13 years, $350 million to the San Francisco Giants. You hear the Mets were in at the last moment. Steve Cohen was quoted in the post. You know, it seemed to be they would have gone to like $300 million or something uh for Correa I mean pretty pretty crazy stuff but you know the Giants get their superstar your thoughts uh obviously a a huge record-breaking deal for a shortstop for Correa who you know did that year at the Twins and it definitely paid off yeah I mean did my reaction to be honest if you wanted my initial thoughts I I thought how good how good is that Bryce Harper contract that's what I was thinking to myself but yeah like it seems like to me like a lot of these teams are just following this model of like long-term deal and you know maybe smaller AAV rather than splurging but like the Giants had to get I think the Giants had to end up with somebody from this offseason obviously they missed out on Judge they obviously we'll talk about Carlos Rodon in a second which got who you know didn't really ever look like he was gonna return there to be honest but yeah uh yeah like the Giants I don't know the Giants sorry about that let me put myself disturbed really quickly um but yeah uh I don't know the Giants had to get their big money their big money guy and they got him and I think it makes sense for Cray. I mean it worked <laughs> the one year deal the one year opt-out deal ended up working out for him after uh after all that yeah. so the guy got it the guy is you know they, they I think both player and organization should be happy with this yeah, I mean, the Giants got their guy. Obviously, you know, looking at their team, they're probably really not going to be seriously competing. But, I mean, they ha- obviously had that crazy season, you know, a year ago. So, you, I guess you can never really count them out. But I would probably say that that team will not be seriously competing. But, obviously, they're a big market team. They've got money to spend. So, good for them. Uh, you know, good for Correa. I think I saw someone post about this, and I think it's really interesting. I'd like to, you know, maybe hear your thoughts is that, you know, Steve Cohen, as crazy as he, he is with all this payroll, you know, I think there is part of 
you know, these other owners that are now having to, you know, go spend more money, give bigger yeah, contracts. And, you know, because they're worried, like you saw with the Giants, like with Correa, I mean, the Mets were, you know, all of a sudden in the mix. And then just like that, you know, Correa, you know, the Giants probably had to extend their offer. I, I think they were done as it was, but it seems like that there's this, you know, a lot of teams, I think that's why we've seen everyone sign. People are eager to get deals done. They're willing to overpay. I mean, this market has really been good for the players, which is always a good thing. And, uh, you know, I would argue that Steve Cohen has probably, you know, been a part of that reason because of how crazy he is with, uh, you know, spending money. No, I'm in total agreement. I mean, I think, like, obviously, like, competition pushes, pushes competition. So, yeah. If- yeah, no, it's good. And like, obviously, like, 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 like you said, there's just been an influx of spending. Like John Middleton, who we've talked about, like a lot, he's he's spending now. Like, and like you said, I, I definitely agree. Like, I think the Dodgers and the Mets, especially, have really like pushed. I think definitely like pushed the envelope envelope rather like in terms of spending in baseball. But like you said, like, I think like the reason it's just unfortunate that like in July you're gonna see like maybe twenty five hundred pan fans at Great American Ball like. Yeah. Nobody like it's still gonna be the it like I do like obviously like this is why I talk about it. It's, it's such an all an off discussed to- topic on this podcast. Is like you know like we we can talk about the luxury mat tax and maybe whether that's problematic and we can that's a whole separate discussion. But like I don't know. I there needs to be money spent and like you said like I think it's just good for this sport. Like we're not gonna have guys signing three weeks in the tr- spring training. Like everybody yeah. knows where they are and I, I don't know. Like like it's good for the fans. It's our, it's yeah. a where it's good for the like it's good for the fans at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, like you said, like there still probably are like seven, eight teams or so that, uh, you know, aren't spending money. And it definitely sucks, especially with, you know, all these owners are rich. And I get it. Like some of these, you know, a franchise, there are franchises that are rebuilding right now. And, you know, I understand you don't want to have a $200 million payroll when you're rebuilding, but uh, there's definitely a consistent group of, uh, you know, teams looking at, you know, maybe like the Pirates, Reds, A's, Rays for example, that, you know, are not opening their wallets really ever. So definitely not good for the sport. Um, We'll move on to Carlos Rodon, though. Six years, $162 Honestly, less than what I thought he would get, um, just how the reports seem. But the Yankees, I mean, that rotation is is pretty crazy at the end of the day. I'm not going to lie. They go out, they make a big move. Um, They had to improve, obviously. You know, they couldn't just make Judge their one signing. They get Rodon. Your thoughts on the Yankees and, uh, you know, maybe even where that rotation ranks. I think it's probably top two of them and the Mets potentially. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, it's, it's, it's right there. Like we, we both kind of said that he would end up with the Yankees. I believe last, last yeah. week, Yankees were going to get this done. Like Aaron judge basically said, <laughs> go get me some stars to play with. Like, I, I think that they were going to have to spend. And I don't know. He bet on himself and Juan Carlos Sardani opted out and he got a ton and a ton of money. Um, yeah. Like I, I think he's turning 30, obviously, but look, I, I think it'll work. Like the Yankees have a very strong rotation. They have a very strong team. I just think like, like I said, like, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I'll just say it. I'm sorry, Yankees fans, but like, you're not going to be the best team in the AL. You're still inferior to the Astros, but like, this is a move that they had to make to even make their starting comp- pitching somewhat competitive because I don't know, like Rodon and Cole is just, it's so formidable though. It really is like thinking about it, yeah. but. Yeah, I mean, six years, one sixty is is a ton of money for Carlos Rodon. It is, and I'm not saying they didn't. It, it's I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad contract because I don't want to contradict myself. But hey, I mean, good for Carlos Rodon. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, you know, he's not discrediting him, but he, you know, he's had two good years. Other than that, it was pretty bad. But it seems the other thing, the other thing is, sorry, I just wanted to add more thing. The guy doesn't pitch all that much, like compared to a real. Like, Last year, he pitched a good uh, most of the season, though. I think. I mean, yeah, I mean, in terms of innings eating, though, like, he's not – I don't know if he's there with the top, top. No, he's not an innings eater, yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Yankees, they had to go out, get someone. Didn't seem like they were ever really serious about any of the shortstops. So, they go out, get Rodon. Uh, you know, that rotation, Cole, Rodon, Nestor, Sevi, Montas. I mean, it's a really good one through five. Uh, I mean, there's yeah, so much more to say than that. Like. Yeah, that, that I mean, you make this they, a little higher rotation and they did it. So, I mean, it's it yeah, was good for them. They got it done. And, uh, you know, it seemed like he wanted to be in New York from what guys like John Heyman were saying. But, uh, yeah, I mean, good move for the Yankees. I agree. Like the Astros are probably, you got to say they're the better team. They've owned the Yankees. But 
you know, they did lose Verlander, but they also added a Brayu. They kept Brantley. So they're going to be good. We all know they're going to be good. They still have a really good rotation, too. So, but good for the Yankees. Like, if you're going to beat the Astros, it's probably going to have to be through starting pitching. So, you know, good on them. They get the best guy left on the market. And we'll see. Uh, you know, they're looking into the outfield market. Do they go after a Conforto, maybe? Uh, you know, we'll see what's next potentially, but good move for the Yankees. Um, lastly, Dansby Swanson signs a, I believe it was seven years, 177 million, or is it eight years? I think seven, it was seven years. It's seven, seven to 177. Seven, yeah. Seven, seven, Huge seven, contract yeah. for Dansby Swanson. Seemed like he was really going to uh, cash in with the current market. Um, pretty crazy that he's not a Braves. The Braves let another guy go. Anyone who's not willing to, uh, you know, take a, AAV of less than $10 million seems to be out the door. Uh, but yeah, you know, Danzy Swanson gone. The Cubs have, you know, they've spent money, man. They've got him, Bellinger, yeah. Jamison Tyon this offseason. Um, some, they're building a heck of a defensive ball club. Yeah. I think, at least from a defensive side, like, and look, I don't want to get too ahead of myself regarding the Chicago Cubs here. I think I could be a little bit of an optimist, but like, the NL Central kind of sucks, dude. Like, it's not – like, I don't know. I think that division is really, like – they're going for it. Like, I think that division really is up for uh, – we talked about – I mean, I think they are probably a little far away to win it this year, but, like, that division yeah. is does not have a, a dominant team by any means. And, I mean, if they, they're going to keep spending until until they're right back, right back in that picture, I think. And, like I said, I just think, like, Bellinger, Swanson, like, I'll be honest, like, you just got guys, like, playing – like you got guy like the, you got a solid defensive squad. Yeah, I mean, really good defensive team, good move. I mean, like you said, that division, like you got the Reds, Pirates, they always suck. Um, the Brewers are just like they don't really spend, so they're just kind of like the same like mediocre team every year. And then you've got the Cardinals, who are definitely the favorite in this division. They got a really good team. They're definitely, I think, they're the clear cut favorite. Um, I still wouldn't say the Cubs are there, but yeah, like you said, like they're doing a good job. They've really made a lot of good moves that uh, you can look at and say, you know, they're going to be competitive and, you know, should probably be around a 500 team potentially. I mean, they, they're not too shabby. They played really well in the second half last year. So, they did. you know, Dancy Swanson's definitely going to help that out. Um, good for him cashing in, getting the biggest deal he could. And, uh, yeah, I mean, good move for the Cubs, good move for Swanson. And, you know, always good to see, uh, you know, a guy like that leave the Atlanta Braves. So, not yeah, going to complain. Yeah, yeah but Vaughn, especially Vaughn, when Vaughn Grissom, 45 home runs, 350 average next year. <laughs> I don't get, like, I feel like Braves fans have just, like, made Vaughn Grissom seem like this guy's, like, some, like, hot, like, number one prospect, like, superstar. And it's, like, the guy had, like, a, like, 645 OPS. Well, he wasn't great. Like, no, no, no. It's, well, it's because he hit the home run in this first. He, he, was, he went yeah. off his first weekend up, right? And so, since then, it's just been, like, a nonstop hype train. But, don't speak too soon because I'm sure he's gonna come back to punish both of our both I'm of our sure. But I mean, th- their lineup still with Acuna, Michael Harris, Matt Olson, Austin Riley, Albies. You know, it's just loaded. And Sean Murphy, Darno. I mean, it's never ending with the Braves. But um, yeah, we want to break those down. So you know, see, kind of. You know, there were some other moves. We're not going to really talk about them. We want to keep this episode a little tighter. So. You know, MLB free agency almost in the books. Um, so, you know, if we don't talk about MLB for a little bit, uh, that probably means no trades really went down because I don't think we'll really talk about many of the other guys. So could be a little dull on MLB content for a little bit, but that'll be okay. Moving on, though, to the NFL. I'm going to share my screen here. Pretty good weekend of NFL football. Um, you know, definitely was... There were some crazy games, and we got to start off with the first game on Saturday. Voice crack there. Vikings-Colts. I mean, this is Matt Ryan, man. Like, this guy is just the, like, worst at keeping a lead of all time. I mean, largest comeback in NFL history. This game was 33-0 at halftime. Vikings come back to win it overtime. Your thoughts, Rob? I can't. I won't say I won't lie and you know pull LeBron and say oh the I did you know the Vikings the Vikings were coming back when it was thirty three nothing I didn't think that but when it was thirty six fourteen I had a pretty strong inkling that the Vikings are going to be end up back in this game because Jeff Saturday is not an NFL coach Jim Irsay is not an NFL owner Matt Ryan as much as I am a Matt Ryan advocate I was in the off season actually you know embarrassing to admit but like 
the guy's not an NFL level. The guy's not an NFL level starter at this point. Like Justin Jefferson, obviously unbelievable. Not much, you know, not much else needs to be said about him at all. KJ Osborne was great too, but like Justin Jefferson is just he's that guy. But like, man, the Indianapolis Colts are bad. I mean, I don't really know how else to say it. Like, they well, the problem is. They started conserving time in the second quarter, in the middle of the second quarter for some reason. They would get the ball at, at the Vikings 25 and run it three times up the middle. I'm not, I'm not really sure I understood that at all. And, like, I don't know, man. Like, it was just – it's just so bad. It's so bad for Indianapolis. It's It should never happen to you as an NFL team. I don't care who your coach is. Who you, you have to almost try to lose a 33-0 lead at halftime. Um, look, credit to the Vikings – Everybody's saying, oh, well, this will change their season, this, this, that. I still think that they're like three clearly definitively better than uh, teams better than the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC. But like, yeah, I mean, credit to them, but just Colts should not even be allowed to play for the rest of the season. Yeah, the Colts suck. I mean, they're screwed. JT getting hurt in this didn't help. But yeah, like this lead was, I, I don't even know how that happened at the end of the day, 33 to zero at halftime. Just just a disaster. Kirk Cousins, I mean, he wasn't even perfect. He was throwing interceptions. Uh, no, no, he wasn't. He wasn't that, he you know, wasn't that good. 460 yards, pretty crazy. Obviously, like you said, like Justin Jefferson, this guy is just, you know, he might very well may break that, you know, all-time receiving record. I think he's like 341 yards away or something like that, and he's got three games to do it. Obviously, yeah. you know, the extra game yeah, uh, is definitely going to help. Yeah. Yeah, but – uh, you know, this Vikings team, definitely this was a rough game. You look at it, that first half, I'm sure everyone's saying to themselves, you know, this team is terrible. But these are the games that, you know, good teams find a way to win. They found a way to win. And uh, I don't know one possession games. Do you know what that calls for next year? If anybody's a gambler that watches this, bet the Vikings, <laughs> bet the Vikings under next year. Really good coaching, Kevin O'Connell. Absolutely, no, it is good coaching. Head it coach. is, it this is. team is good. This team is good. But Rob, winning those close games, this team plays a lot of close games. Come playoff time, that's going to be very important. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I know you're not a Vikings guy whatsoever, but I think this team is in a spot where you know they're a solid ball club. Obviously, they win the North. Uh, be the three you know, a really good year for them, regardless. To you know, yeah, dethrone the Packers. Get that, and not that the Packers were good this year, but just in general, you know, the Packers have owned that division, and no, uh, you know, good for Kirk Cousins. That guy got has gotten a lot of hate over the years, and he's put together a really strong season. And uh, you know, yeah, uh, Jeff Saturday should be fired. I mean, he is not going to be the coach of this team. Uh, he shouldn't be a head coach. It's ridiculous that that guy ever got a head coaching job. I mean, it's pretty incredible. This guy was on ESPN talking with like. I mean, it's, it's insane. This guy was on like get up every morning and then all of a sudden became the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Like, how does that happen? Pretty terrible. I mean, middle like, of the season, well, too. Well, middle Jim, of the season. Because, like, the Ursay family shouldn't own an, an NFL team at the end of the day. Like, they just, like, the Ursay family should not own an NFL team. I don't know how to. The guy, like, is on, like, the guy will be on, like, Twitter. Like, hold on a second. I'm going to read you a tweet from Jim Ursay right now. Hold on a second. I just oh, want to, like, it's not even like a cancel culture or any type of that that type of thing. No, like, I know what you're saying. He posts the inactives from his own account. What it, this is bizarre. Could you imagine any other team owner doing this? This is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Like I I don't know. It's just it's he's so involved. Look, I mean he he like he like he makes Jerry Jones look like a tactful mastermind. So like Yeah. Yeah. I mean Colts, bad. Crazy, crazy game. Uh, moving on. Nope. Um, Dolphins-Bills, this was a, a down-to-the-wire game. This Dolphins team starting to lose a few in a row here. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily worried about them making the playoffs, but it's definitely not been a good stretch. But Buffalo, you know, Josh Allen, this was a uh, good game from Josh Allen. I think, you know, he's had some – not shaky, but, you know, he hadn't been Josh Allen these last, you know, few weeks. I think it was – this was a really encouraging sign. What are your thoughts on, uh, you know, the state of both of these teams? Obviously, really good game. Buffalo seems to be uh, in the driver's seat for this AFC East. 
Are they? Yeah, did they uh, clinch it already or no? Uh, I don't. They clinched playoff berth, not the division. No, yeah, I don't think they really clinched the division. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm. This is a tough game for Miami because I think they had the game right there. But like you said, like Josh Allen is just he's a master. He's masterful. He's a master what he does. But like, uh, yeah, like I don't think the Dolphins are just on that like Chiefs or I mean, yeah. I mean the Chiefs have been questionable at best these past couple weeks. We'll get to them in a second, but I don't think they're on that Chiefs Bills level. I thought. I thought it was going to be so different this game. Like, I didn't think that anybody was going to be able to throw the ball. Little did I know that they were going to yeah. have 150 yards through the air combined. But I didn't think – I thought nobody was going to be able to – They were hyping up the snow a lot. They and were. They finally like, came yeah, to the fourth quarter. But, uh, yeah, it was crazy seeing the, the fans throw quarter, like, snowballs and stuff. That, But one of the best plays of the season, like you were saying, I mean, Josh Allen really balled out in this game is when, you know, Josh Allen's sprinting to the left and it almost just feels like it, the ball is, like, ejected from his stomach into his receiver's – like truly one of those unbelievable throws that you see from only guys like Mahomes and Allen and, you know, occasionally Justin Herbert. But uh, no, I mean, Bill's got it done at home. Like obviously it was a close game. I, I still think the Dolphins are very good. I think Mike McDaniel is very good at his job. I think I, you know, I'm always skeptical of Tua. You know how I feel about him. I don't know if he's like, a, I don't know how legit the guy is, but uh, I mean, we could talk about Tua for a second though. Like, I think the guy really isn't that good at the end of the day. Like, I think if you gave Mike McDaniel, if you gave Mike McDaniel, and this has obviously been a huge debate with that clown Emmanuel Ocho on Twitter who's been spreading this nonsense about, if you gave Mike McDaniel Justin Herbert, I think the Dolphins would be the favorites in the AFC. And meanwhile, the Chargers and the Dolphins are going to have the same record after this game. After all this talk about Tua, and I understand Tua was hurt for a couple of weeks, but all, all this talk about Tua and winning and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, Justin Herbert is the better quarterback. And he and he has always has been, and he always will will be. Could you imagine if Tua and Justin Herbert switched systems? Justin Herbert would have would have fifty five hundred yards with working with Mike McDaniel. Are you kidding? Yeah, I mean, working with Mike McDaniel and having Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, I mean, they would have just abused like the deep ball with those two. I mean, yeah. that would be ridiculous. Like it would be crazy for sure. Uh, I mean, I think there's no debate that Herbert's better than Tua. I will say Tua's made like big strides this year though. Like before this year, there was a huge question mark with Tua. And all of a sudden I feel like, is he a franchise guy? Like, I don't know if he's a superstar, but like, I would say that they could extend him and feel like, you know, I think we'll see how it goes the rest of the year. I think. Yeah. But would you be comfortable tying down your entire future to him? I don't know if I would be. I don't know if I would give him one of these huge like contract extensions, like the Cardinals did with Kyler Murray. Like, I think it's a similar situation. I agree. Like very similar where. You're, you know, he's a good quarterback, a good player, but is he like a superstar to where you should commit like forty to fifty million dollars annually to him? I don't know. I, I wouldn't say so for Tua, but if that's what he's going to get, then I don't know. Yeah, all but, power to him at the end of the day. Yeah, he's definitely earned himself uh, some money this year, but I don't think they'll extend him quite yet. But we will see. Obviously, time to tell. Good game though. Obviously, Dolphins will uh, need to get some wins going forward eagles bears i mean close game justin fields man like this guy is just an unbelievable talent i mean there's nothing more to say than that really yeah he he was a beast today like obviously like the bears were kind of outclassed by that eagles defensive line like hassan reddick might have had 12 sacks instead of two instead of uh two today i mean the eagles obviously still got still got to justin Fields, but look he's the only reason why this game was even somewhat competitive like stupid football by the eagles like they had a chance to like really put this game away where they were at mid they just gotten the ball back at midfield and miles fan sanders gives the ball the bears the ball back you know and then on their side of the field like Teams play close games in the NFL. I'm not really too worried about the Eagles. Obviously, they went up two touchdowns with three minutes to play. Uh, and the, like I said, Justin Fields, great quarterback. He needs some help. And like you didn't see it, but like that, that was one of those underrated, like all time, where like freezing cold NFL games. Like the, those dudes were. They every both guys from both teams were like Jalen Hurts and said that that was the coldest weather he had ever played in, like by far. So. Uh yeah, I mean Jalen, Chicago, he, it's cold. Uh, trust me, I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and the, uh, he had the right, right. He had those two picks, obviously. Uh, but in the first half, but you know, he still had 350 total yards of offense and three total touchdowns. So fine performance from today. A Arthur Juan Brown, senior. Just he's so good. He's so unbelievably good. And him and Devontae are just insane. But yeah, thank you, Titans. Basically, yeah. Lions, Jets, the the Jets are screwed. I mean, 
Yeah, you're not making the playoffs, unfortunately. No, they're they're done. I mean, what is this? The third loss in a round now, I think. Third, yeah. They've lost four or five. I mean, just an absolute disaster. I'm a stretch here. Zach Wilson, like, he wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. I don't think like, he I don't... was the I didn't think he was the reason they lost. I mean No, the defense failed them towards the end. Bad coaching also. Robert Sala, like miss clock bad clock management. He's been good all year, so you know, it's bound to happen. The run game was non-existent, but the Detroit Lions, man, like this team, they, yeah, they're, they're probably going to make the playoffs. It's yeah, they are. Dan Campbell honestly should probably win coach of the year. Like absolutely insane. You know, we bashed well, it depends, a little bit. Right, but it depends on what, if, well, we'll talk about the Jaguars in a second, right? Because they could sneak in all of a sudden their game out of the division. Give it a, the Lions over the Jags. Uh, I, I guess not though. I guess the Jags have the one pick, but. Yeah, this Lions team is uh, very good defensively. Jared Goff, you know, not his best game. He struggled on the road, but didn't turn the ball over. That's all you could ever ask for, especially against a, a really good Jets defense. So, yeah. Yeah, Jared Goff, like, he obviously, he missed one tough throw today that would have given the Lions a touchdown that he underthrew. But other than that, the guy was, was solid. Like like you said, like, he's, he's, he's very solid and, like <laughs> – Sorry, I'm going to be a hater for a second here, but like, you better be sod damn solid for being paid twenty eight million dollars a year. But like, well, that's like a bargain nowadays for a quarterback. I guess like, so, right? I guess if so. someone said Jared Goff for twenty eight million, like right now, I think a lot of NFL teams would sign up for, for that. one year, maybe for one year, maybe. For yeah, not well. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I, I don't think at this point you'd want to give Jared Goff <laughs> like five years. But uh, but, yeah. but yeah, Jared Goff has been serviceable, and it, it, the thing, the important thing about Jared Goff is that like. Uh, he's made it to the point where like they can address some other needs and keep building before like I think they're gonna get, I think they're gonna before I think they make like their real push for contention in like twenty twenty four or like twenty twenty four. So yeah, very well. This team could uh, you know, use that Rams pick on on a that defender all, or that offense. That, that offense is really good. Though. So be it's like the Jets defense is amazing, like you said, but that offense is. They got weapons, dude. Like they got weapons on they that. And they have a very solid running back core, but and on you know obviously besides Garrett Wilson, nothing too uh nothing too impressive for for uh for for the Jets on the on the weapons front. Yeah, I mean Elijah Moore, uh, you know he's solid, but yeah, like you said, like it, it the Jets are banged up. Obviously, like Brees Hall being out, you have a yeah, lot yeah. of old line pieces missing. But yeah, I think I saw something the other day that was like. The Jets this offseason, obviously quarterback is, you know, going to have to be addressed. But, like, they need to go out like the Dolphins did and add their, like, Tyree kill. Like, Garrett Wilson's, like, the Jalen Waddle. Like, you need to go find, like, a Tyree kill to pair with him. Because, you know, Garrett Wilson is elite. I think this guy's going to be a superstar. But if you give him another receiver, really give you a boost. Um, but, yeah, Zach Wilson, I mean, today doesn't change my thoughts on him. Obviously, the Jets have to move on. will be interesting to see if they – Go back to Mike White if he's healthy enough. I don't really know what they'll do. We'll see. Uh, Chiefs Texans. I mean, the Texans, man. This team is yeah, just, dude. Like, look, they've got second life. They've got like all their best players right to IR, and then they run out this Jeff Driscoll Davis Mills combo, and uh, you know it's created some havoc. I mean, really good performance from them. Obviously, the Chiefs. Um, you know, a sketchy performance. Mahomes was so good, thirty six for forty one. Thirty six for forty one. What? I mean, I didn't even see that until now. That's one of the most what thirty six for forty one. Get the he's fuck crazy. Out of here, I mean, are you kidding? Derek me? McKinnon has really, uh, you know, dude, stepped my, down. And, and my fantasy opponent benched him today. My fantasy opponent. Oh, him. I have him too. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. have him, and he's been on the bench, but. uh might have to get the start, but yeah, like I, I don't know. What do you think? Like, I feel like this is just one of those games that, like, you have a really good team that just you know has a um, few drives, think, but they just don't get anything done. Bucker also missed a crap ton of kicks in this one, I believe. Yeah, no, look, like I think one for two. I guess he missed one. But, no, my yeah. thoughts on the Chiefs aren't changed. Like they always play close games with shitty teams. They did with the Broncos last week. Like I think they do have like I think that defense like will does have a little bit of a propensity to like completely collapse against like say a Bengals or Bills in the playoffs. Yeah. Even in the playoffs, but like, I'm, I'm not too worried about the Chiefs because of fifth because of number fifteen. And on the Texans front, like, I do think that they have some stuff. Like, I do think that they have some studs. Like Jalen Petrie, the safety, I think is is kind of a be is is a beast. I, he was a monster against the Cowboys. And look, I think once 
Lovey Smith is out of there because he's not surviving the year after winning one game. And like, it's just kind of once Pep Hamil- Hamilton is, you know, done being a terrorist as offensive coordinator. Uh, I think, I think that the, I think the Texans will, will be looking up. Like I, I think they've effectively clean house. And I think you are going to see Josh McCown as the head coach next year, because that's the entire, I mean, he there, that's the guy that they want. That's the guy that they want leading their franchise at the end of the day is Josh McCown. And like, that's the only reason why Lovey Smith is the head coach right now is to give, I think Josh McCown another year to prepare. And that's like, it's the first time we've really talked about the Texans all year, but those are my thoughts on them. Yeah. I mean, they suck. There's a long way to go, but obviously they got the number one pick. They got the Browns pick, which will, you know, probably be in the top 15 or so. So they're in a good spot. Uh, Yeah. That's kind of all I got to say. No, no need to even discuss the Sam Darnold mental Trubisky matchup. <laughs> yeah, we're skipping over that. You know, Saints. I could care less about. I was pissed this at game. The lost that game though. I know that's not good for your guys' draft pick, but Trevor Lawrence, man, I gotta say, as a guy who was bashed on Trevor Lawrence on this podcast, who said, you know, I didn't believe in him. This guy's turned the page. I mean, he is playing like an absolute superstar right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, this Jacksonville team, Zay Jones, man. I mean. What a season three, he's having. Evan Ingram, my new fantasy tight end, has been balling the last few weeks. Dallas, man, this is uh, – it's just collapsed. I mean, I was starting – another fantasy reference, but I started this defense at, uh, you know, they dropped the donut. I mean, absolute yeah, so disgrace. Did I. So, did I. so did I. Same thing. Same Absolutely thing. disgraceful performance. Once again, though, Dak Prescott. You know, I don't know if you could fault him for that game ending interception, but could get the job done once again. again I think like, Dak is going to be the reason. I think you would agree. Like, I just think this team won't get to where people think that they should or will because of the quarterback, number four, Dak Prescott. But like, also, let's talk about that vaunted defense giving up nearly 500 yards of offense today. Yeah. Like, they're not that good. They're not that fucking good. Bosa, I think, is better than Parsons. And like well, the Niners defense is obviously – I think the Niners is unquestionably number one after this, like, stretch yeah. of less than seven points in the second half in, like, seven games or whatever. No, I agree. Like, I – and, look, I, I I do think that, like, the Cowboys are a good team. I think that they're fine. But, like, do I think that they're on that Eagles-Niners level? No, no shot. No shot. And, like, the QB – like, the QB isn't that good. I, I think – Mike McCarthy is is not he like there's just been this whole like Mike McCarthy like back on the bandwagon with him like oh he's reformed he listens to the analytics blah 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 he sucks the guy is not a head coach he can't win he doesn't win important games and look like Doug Peterson has done an incredible job in Jacksonville because I think when everything could have started spiraling out of control when they looked like they were going to be good. And, you know, that, then, the, you know, the teams went, you know, three out of their first five games or something like that, six games, and then sort of just like spiral downhill and they end up like four and, you know, four and uh, four and 13 now, I guess. But like that hasn't happened with the Jaguars. Like you said, it's just been getting like continuously better, especially for Trevor Lawrence. But I don't know, man, I, I'm a little skeptical of that Cowboys defense. And I, I think I haven't, especially, especially their defensive backfield because I don't think Trayvon Diggs is a shutdown one. I don't think that Demarcus Lawrence is the player he once was. And I think CeeDee Lamb is fine. I don't think that he's as big of a weapon as, say, a Christian McCaffrey or an A.J. Brown. But, like, the Cowboys, they're, 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 they are who I thought they were. They're a fine playoff team who will not win more than one playoff game. They've won one playoff game in in, in the Dak era, by the way. One playoff win in the Dak era. Yeah, I mean, talk about, you know, we talked about it earlier with Tua, but committing yourself to one quarterback with so much money, and that's what the Cowboys did with Dak. And, uh, you know, teams, I feel like, feel pressure to when they have, you know, a, a serviceable or slightly above average guy. and It's just not panning out for any of those teams. Obviously, Dallas is 10-4, and four, so that might sound ridiculous. But when you think about, will this team, you know, really go anywhere in the playoffs? You know, the NFC isn't the best, but, like, I agree. Like, Eagles, Niners, I would – I mean, I can't. I guess I can't put the Vikings above no, them they're because they than... beat the crap out of them. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. Betting against Justin Jefferson is a, always a tough bet, though. That kid is is ridiculous. But yeah, like you said, like this was a total class from this defense. I mean, they did nothing. They didn't sack the quarterback. I guess they had you know maybe two turnovers in this one, but like Cowboys just didn't get it done. Uh, 
just a disaster of a, of a loss. I mean, last week was bad against Houston, but this was just Trevor Lawrence just came back and, uh, you know, was doing whatever he wanted to that Dallas secondary. So, you know, they're a little banged up, I understand, but, you know, it's late in the season. That That's the case with every team, it feels like. So no excuses. Huge win for the Jags. Trevor Lawrence, you know, props given to him. This kid is, uh, you know, definitely special and is finally showing that in his uh, NFL career. Agreed. All right, moving on. Uh, Look, Lawrence and Fields, like, like we, we, we've said this a ton, like Lawrence and Fields, two best quarterbacks in the draft class. Who would have thought? Like, who yeah. Well, they were being discussed for years since high school as like the top right, two guys. Exactly. And then, and then Justin Lance. Fields was like up there the whole time, had some of the great, like incredible performances. And then for whatever reason, people just balked on him. And I mean, the, look at the guys drafted ahead of him. Trey Lance, done nothing in his NFL career, and Zach Wilson. Yeah. I mean, obviously not including Trevor because Trevor was like the consensus one. So like it, he would never yeah. go one, but imagine if the New York Jets had Justin Fields instead of Zach Wilson. I mean, just imagine – yeah. Totally changes the trajectory of, of that franchise. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, you know, I don't even like care about this game other than like the ending was just. Uh, I I mean I. Well, you first always of all, like, Derek Derek Carr. I mean, this guy had a bad game overall, but that throw to Keelan Cole was a dot. And then what in the? But just what in the world is New England doing? You're going to overtime. You're you know yeah you you ran a play you didn't get it but then. You're just throwing the ball halfway across the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just don't get it. Yeah, pretty bad from New England. Pretty bad. I mean, you got to imagine a Belichick's but reaction like, to this that. This was an awful game, Griffin. Like, this was like, I, like, this was bad. 13 for 31 from Mac Jones. Dude, dude. And the worst part was they were the, be- they were the best offense to watch on the day. That was the worst part. Like, dude, the, the Raiders. It says that they threw the ball 38 times there. Dude, they don't throw the ball enough. Like, it's usually the opposite now. They don't throw the ball enough. They Devontae don't. Adams had like, four I'm an angry Devontae Adams. yards. I'm an angry Devontae Adams fantasy over owner. The dude isn't even getting the 10 targets a game anymore. Because they start they start doing this thing. They love Matt Collins. There's this epidemic among NFL head coaches. Bad NFL head coaches, I should say. Josh McDaniels. We saw him on Jeff Center. Like, stop. Stop chewing clock halfway through the second or third quarter. Do you know how volatile the NFL is? You can sw- – I don't get it. I don't get – Josh Jacobs is fantastic, but I don't get the way that the Raiders run their team. And I understand some of this is biased because I'm a disgruntled – I am a disgruntled Devontae owner, but the way that they run their team is terrible. And Patriots – I mean, this is going to be an uncomfortable – like, and on the Patriots front, the offense is a problem because – Matt Patricia and Joe Brady are running the offense. Let's we don't need to I, it's quite simple. When you have two failed NFL head coaches running your offense, not just failed NFL head coaches, notoriously bad NFL head coaches who didn't get along with their players. Either one of them. Either one of them. This is a common thing, by the way, outside of Vrabel and temporarily Brian Flores, when coaches try to bring that Patriot way shit to other places besides New England, it doesn't work. It really yeah. doesn't, um, but yeah, like I the, the, that that I because to me, this is an unpopular opinion in the NFL world right now. Mac Jones isn't as bad as this. A guy who is that, I think, I, I, I think, think he's pretty like he's just so mediocre. It's just like like this guy is not a franchise guy. No, like we're no. talking about extending guys. Like I would give zero of my franchise's future dollars. I, I don't agree, but like I I don't disagree with you rather, but I I don't. I don't think that a guy who looked quality, I think he was a quality NFL starter last year. I think he was at least like the 15th, 14th best quarterback in the league last year around that, in that range. You saw, I'll give you an, I'll give you a better example. A guy like Jalen Hurts was mid last year, mid at best last year. And now he's been one of the best, you know, one of the most dynamic. Yeah, Mac Jones is in uh, Jalen Hurts. Let's no, be real no, there. <laughs> But like when Not I'm even close. Like Mac Jones is like, I don't know. I th- I think his career is being. I don't think he's that special. That's not what I'm saying. But I think that he's. No, I, I 
I get what you're saying. Like Matt Patricia should not be calling the offense. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. 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 And I mean, look at the weapons. Like he's not really got anyone like elite to throw to. Like these are pretty mediocre players. That's kind of how it's been in New England for a while. I mean, you obviously had guys like Brog in there, you know, way back in the day with Brady, you had some elite guys, but you know, you Julian Edelman was the best receiver this team had, you know, consistently for, you know, the last what, 10 years, maybe. I mean, they really haven't had like elite guys, but yeah, like New England, we've said pretty much all season. They're pretty mediocre. Uh, they should have won this game. This is a really bad loss, obviously. I mean, with yeah. like, what, 30 seconds to go or so, maybe even less. Like, you... Raiders were losing, and then they somehow won in regulation. I mean, just but, insanity. And look, the Raiders would have an insane momentum light right now, five in a row if they didn't let They won last game, yeah. Crazy. That's, that is obviously contender. I mean, the Raiders just have a penchant for playing in games like these. They really do. Yeah. it's one. They're just like one of those teams that just always ends up in these crazy situations. That was one of the worst ways to lose a game I think I've ever seen, though. I mean, that was – I don't even – I don't have words to, like, explain what I watched, basically. Yeah. I mean, that was just ridiculous. I, I don't even know how that can happen at an NFL level where you're just, like, dicking around like that with the football. I mean, it's just, like – Plays like that almost never work. They, you know, throwing the ball halfway across the fo- the field when you're going to overtime is probably not a good idea. Forgive me, you- forgive me. Uh, and then, sorry. the The funniest part is, as soon as the Raiders guy got the ball, you knew that there was no chance Mac Jones was ever going to make that tackle yeah. for a million years, dude. Chandler Jones was like, yeah, and there was no one in sight because they were all downfield. I mean, it was like the easiest touch. Like, where were they throwing the ball to? Mac Jones from behind <laughs> right, the like, line, right, like, like, like way go back, down, Mac Jacoby. Jones. Go, and like I do understand Ramondre is because Steven because Myers was right, right there. there. Like, yeah. What is Jacoby? But yeah, Mac Jones from twenty yards, fifteen yards back, it's gonna you know take it to the house. Yeah. What yes, are I, they doing? I'm sure Bill. A, a Bill Belichick team to see something like that happen is just like crazy. I'm sure he'll be real happy with that. Oh yeah, he's fucking. That's crazy. All right, last game we'll talk about real quick: Bengals, Bucks. I mean. A total collapse. The Buccaneers really look good to start. They're up seven, yeah, seventeen nothing to start this game. And then just one of the worst halves I think I've seen of football played. You had just interceptions, fumbles, that penalty when they sacked Joe Burrow. That would have been like the you know potential game changing play. Uh, you know the defense just collapsed. I mean the defense. You almost can't even fault them because they were just put in like spots where the Bengals were at like the twenty five every time, but. This Bengals team is really good. Uh, you know, we've known that for a while now, but Joe Burrow, just one of the best of the business at the end of the night. Yeah, the guy's a monster, obviously. But, like, to me, this is more – look, Bengals are great. I, I think we've talked about them a ton, but, like, I think just, like, the Buccaneers, what a collapse offensively, dude. I mean, and Tom, They suck, like, bro. They are terrible, like, honestly. And they're going to make the playoffs. Who is going to make the playoffs? Are the Saints going to make the playoffs? The Saints – they're one game would out. That be, their pick would go like to like stick. It would do dude. dude right? that's, that's the worst. That's the worst possible scenario. That, their pick goes to sixteen. No matter even if there are teams with better records than them, their team <laughs> automatic. Their pick automatically goes to sixteen. That's which, crazy. Which makes sense, but like, yeah. oh man, or fifteen rather, not sixteen, but yeah, um, fifteen, sixteen, fifteen around there doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, 16, but the, <laughs> sorry, but yeah, like it sucks, man. I mean, it, it sucks for the day if that were to happen, but the, the AFC South, I mean, we've talked about, you know, the NFC North, the NFC East rather in years past and rightfully so because they've been terrible, but this NFC South is right up there with one of the worst divisions of all time. I mean, the, the, it might be the worst, like I, one of the worst ever because the other three teams are just purely trash. This team is trash, but they should be good. It's really weird. But should they be good, though? Like, should they be good? On paper, going into the year, we both thought this team would be, like, 11, 12. No, 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 I agree. I agree. No, no, no. On paper, going into the year. But, it, but it, yeah, now. Like, what you know. Yeah, 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 the problem, yeah. This team is just, like, they're really – they're banged up to begin with. You know, that should matter. Uh, 
I also think Todd Bowles has no idea what he's doing. This is the second time he's shown he has no idea. This team, yeah, they need obviously Todd Bowles. Obviously, you know he's proving he's not a head coach. But Brady is not playing very well. This team is just not converted in the red zone. Like they're not scoring touchdowns. I have a theory. I I have a theory. I think I think Tom's gonna gonna leave and start somewhere else. And I think a team will give it to him. Like I think a team. Well, will, he'll definitely get a deal. It's just. I don't I mean, know. I have After this, I, I don't – but he's one of those guys where it's like, yeah, I don't know if he'll want to end on a season like this and he'll want to go like – I don't think – San Fran, if you imagine he went to San Francisco. That's, that's exactly – that's – you just took the words right out of my mouth. I think that San Francisco could uh, – obviously – They would win the Super Bowl with ease if they were healthy. Yeah. Because well, yeah, Brady, yeah, yeah. like, we'll in see. the Shanahan system, it would be so simple with all those playmakers. I mean, if they had to come into the link in in, in the end of January, we'll see about we we'd see about that. But uh, no, if no, they no. had Tom Brady and a fully healthy offense and defense, they would. I don't. We'll see. Obviously, they're going to probably lose their defensive coordinator uh, this year. But Eagles obviously, legend. they lost Salah, and that didn't seem to matter. So, yeah, Eagles legend D'Amico Ryan is going to be uh, a head coach soon. But uh, yeah, like the bank, like I just think because it's like. The other thing about these two teams that have like these teams that have like you've seen that you see them like every couple of years, like what the Broncos have right now, how they have something similar going on where they have like sort of like two head coaches or like two two leaders in the locker room where you have like on one end, like because it seems to really be like uh, a left witch bulls partnership rather than like a like a complete leadership of bulls. And it kind of seems like those things never work, right? Like it kind of seems like though that's that 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 never yeah. really uh, seems to work out, but yeah, I mean the, the 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 Bucks are in a not good spot either. Like, but like, who's gonna win that? Team? The Carolina Panthers, if they had won today, would have been in a good spot. What's the Bucks schedule from here on out? I mean, you have to assume they're all playing each other soon, right? Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons. I mean, that's gift wrapped for the Buccaneers at the end of the day. That January first game might decide the and the Saints. So the Saints have to play the Eagles at some point, but and hopefully we'll have the division clinched at that point or the conference clinched at that point. But we'll start, we're gonna have motivated to play our motivation to play the starters. Yeah, definitely. It's gonna be interesting. But like, I mean, if the Bucks don't win the division with that schedule, I mean, holy cow! Right. That quick is prediction. they should. Quick prediction: uh, Giants are Giants are uh, c- commies. I'll take the Commanders. I think they're just at home. They're just. The Giants suck. Like I'll be honest, they suck. Yeah, they're they're really banged up right now. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Commanders. I mean, this has kind of been the Giants' season since Xavier McKinney went down, sort of straight. Yeah. And I'll go with the Packers on uh, Monday night. Yeah, I'm on the same. All right. So that means that the uh, that means that the Giants and the Rams are gonna win, right? It's Giants win. I mean, Saquon probably got some points. I need that, so I'll take that. But uh, not me. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> All right. Oh boy. Well, that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. All our Instagrams will be in the bio. Check us out at on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well at Outside the Arena there. That will do it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week on Outside the Arena.